Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. Thanks to today's sponsor, Wink. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Happy Passover, Matt. And happy Easter, you headless white chocolate bunny of a human. And God bless us, everyone. We got a great show for you today. We're kicking things off with Worst Things First, where I present you with some especially terrible news in an especially terrible way by screaming about it. Then we're diving deep into the holiday season with a debate. Which holiday is worst, Passover or Easter? On one hand, you got big-ass crackers, 10 plagues, and four mandatory cups of wine. But on the other hand, there's cute bunnies and chocolate and a flying Jesus. So you know what? That's, That's pretty much it. Debate settled. Long live the Easter bunny. You know what I saw? Someone called the Easter bunny Jesus's fursona. Like if Jesus oh, were a fart. wow. <laughs> and now I can't celebrate anything. <laughs> so both Passover and Easter are canceled. In that case, our new deep dive topic will be two topics. First, <gasps> Katy Perry, devil, question mark. <laughs> and two, my biggest pet thieves. That's right. We'll find out once and for all, what are the things that you should never do in front of me? Hint, everything. Think of it as a lifestyle guide on how not to be the worst. And then finally, we got Quinta Brunson, star of the internet and space, because she's in a new show on The CW about an alien spaceship that crashes into Earth. Duh. Quinta and I talk about making things on the internet, and she had the biggest reaction I've ever seen to a subject I didn't know could elicit such emotion. That subject, you may ask? Cakes that are shaped like other foods. Warning. Never bring this up in front of Quinta. I learned it the hard way. We've got all that and more coming up, so let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's start the freaking show. All 
right, worst things first, here are some certifiably insane stories to get you through the week. First, good news for the owner of a lost bag of unidentified severed hands in Russia because your property has been found. (laughs) Um, A bunch of people in Russia are baffled because 54 severed hands were found in Siberia and nobody knows where they came from. And the authorities were investigating and they were like, listen, we did chop off the hands of 410 people last year. What? But these hands are not ours. Those? We've never seen those ever before. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) So I guess dating from like Stalin times, Russia, when there's like an unidentified body, they cut off their hand before they bury it so that if they ever have to identify it, they can be like, let's just dig up the hand. I guess that actually... Uh, I mean, makes sense. the problem is then there are just bags of severed hands that <laughs> nobody knows where they came from. But someone, there was this local who was just, you know, going along the shore of a river and found a hand. And then authorities started to investigate and they, were, they found a bag of 54 hands and they don't know where they came from. And there is, they don't know if there are 54 individual hands or 27 pairs of hands. <laughs> so that's the greatest game of mix. <laughs> Mix and match. What's that game? It's like the memory game where you flip one over. Right, right. You have to see if it's a pair or not. Seems like they really need a hand with this investigation. Get out. Get out of my studio. (laughs) Next, a man in Oregon. Oregon? Oregon. Oregon-y. Tried ordering 30 double cheeseburgers at McDonald's and they were like, no. And then... He went insane and tried to destroy the Golden Arches and ripped down a bunch of shit and it, everything went out of control. And then one of the other customers pulled a gun on him because he was threatening everybody. All because they wouldn't make him 30 double cheeseburgers. I honestly feel like that's not that crazy of a request. They, how do they know that he doesn't have 29 friends outside? I don't understand. It. Yeah. since Is there a limit to McDonald's? Is there some bylaws of McDonald's that I haven't read that I'm unfamiliar with. It's unclear to me whether he was being disorderly before he placed the Mm. order, and that's why. I just think of him as the Jean Valjean of our time. All he wanted was a loaf of bread in the form of 30 double cheeseburgers. What have I done, sweet Jesus? What have I done? Become a thief (laughs) in the night. Become, Become a dog on the run. Anyway, he got arrested. Thanks a lot, big brother, McDonald's. Next, if you see a wallaby in southern Mississippi, please contact the authorities because it's someone's wallaby and it ran away. (laughs) (laughs) His name is Jeff the Wallaby. He's two years old. He's wearing a (laughs) t-shirt. I presume that he picked himself. (laughs) Or here's what I imagine happened. His owner put him in a t-shirt. He was like... This does not look good on me. This does not match my skin tone. This does not go with my hair. I'm out of here. This is the last straw. I've had it up to here. And then he ran away. And now everyone is looking for him in uh, southern Mississippi. Do you think that he'll join up with that little monkey in Ikea who was wearing the little fur coat? And the two of them will just go shopping? Because that was years ago. And monkeys only live like three R.I.P. If you don't know what a wallaby is, it's basically a dumb kangaroo. (laughs) It's a miniature kangaroo. 
It's a giant rat is what it is. Area businesses are offering hundreds of dollars in rewards for whoever finds Jeff. Uh, I guess three residents paraglided over the city to search from above. Another resident wrote a song which went viral. See, this is why they haven't found him because none of these are methods to find a lost animal. (laughs) (laughs) Who was like, I lost my dog. Let's go paragliding over the city to try to find it. Let's write a song. Let's sell T-shirts from a van to spread awareness, which is also something they did. Now residents are carrying bread and bananas just in case. Yeah, why don't you try a method like going out and walking around? (laughs) Like a normal method for finding a lost pet. Next up, Britain's youngest lottery winner, a girl named Jane. She was 17 years old. She won one million pounds. Used her winnings to monitor her boyfriend with a GPS tracker and to hire a (laughs) private detective to track him because she was jealous and thought he was cheating on her. Um, Apparently, she was jealous of multiple ex-boyfriends, but now she has the means (laughs) to pay for tracking devices. Honestly... Hero. I would do the same thing. I I have a a lot of opinions about this story. One, one million pounds is not like a crazy amount of money that you're like, my life is fundamentally changed. I think that the normal thing to do in this situation is to like pay your bills, get out of debt, maybe buy a nice house, and then you'll be like, fine. You still have to work. I don't think you can like quit your job and do nothing. But... You could also hire a bunch of private detectives and have your boyfriend trace. Right. Well, she's a teenager. She's probably not paying the bills anyway. She doesn't have bills to pay. She's probably living with her parents. She doesn't have to pay mortgage. What else are you going to do with that money? I my just que- my question is, what did he do? What did he do to deserve it? Because he probably did something. Oh, because yeah. Because he's a man. Except when asked by a private detective, he was like, what did he do? to raise your suspicions, and she was like, nothing. (laughs) She admitted that she had no reason to be suspicious, but she was anyway. Why? Because he's a man. So good for her. Finally, R.A.P. and Peace, Henry Cavill's mustache, shaved but not forgotten. You might remember it's the mustache seen around the world, or not, because it was cryogenically removed. (laughs) Which is what CGI stands for. <sighs> Cost $25 million. See, one twenty-fifth of Henry Cavill's mustache is what that woman won from Britain. That's like three hairs. But anyway, Henry Cavill posted an Instagram message a couple weeks ago showing his bare shaven face. And it was tragic. Also, I truly don't understand why he couldn't have just fucking shaved it off. It grows back. <laughs> it's just not that big of a deal. It grows back. Yeah. Especially when you're, like, as hairy as he is. Right, like, exactly. It takes, like, two days. Yeah. Like, for me, I can understand. Right. If a studio was like, Matt, you have to shave off your mustache, I'll be like, give me four years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him back. Don't worry. And that's it for Worst Things First. Next, we got a deep dive for you. A couple of deep dives. Let's do it. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. 
deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. So there's been a lot of developments recently about uh, one particular celebrity judge, singer, a woman by the name of Kate Hudson, a.k.a. Catherine Elizabeth Hudson, a.k.a. Katy Perry. Yeah, that's right. Her real name is Kate Hudson, apparently. Now you know. But therein lies our dilemma. The question is, is Katy Perry the worst? There's been a lot of developments recently to suggest that, yeah, she might be. So let's get into it. First and and most recently, a few weeks ago, Katy Perry killed a nun in cold blood. (laughs) Not actually, but basically, here's the story. Let's go a little ways back. So there's this huge property in Los Feliz, California, Los Angeles, that includes a convent, and it's up for sale. Katy Perry wants to buy it. The archbishop was like, Katy Perry can buy it. But then all these nuns who live there, they were like, no, we have the right to sell it, and we want to sell it to this woman. Dana, her name is. She's a restaurateur, a hotelier. Her name is Dana Hollister, not of Hollister fame and fortune, because I would live in that house, because I assume there's just naked twinks everywhere with low-rise jeans and boxers for some reason. The nuns were like, no, we are not selling this to Katy Perry, anybody but Katy Perry. One nun in particular, Sister Catherine Rose Holzman, said that selling the property to Katy Perry was morally problematic. Quote, Katy Perry represents everything we don't believe in. It would be a sin to sell to her. Well. Strong words. That's not inaccurate. (laughs) But guess what? Earlier this month in court, Sister Catherine Rose Holzman fucking dropped dead. She just collapsed and died in court. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because a woman is dead. Allegedly. Because you know what they found? Uh, Just a pile of clothes on the ground. stop. (laughs) A pile of Sister Catherine Rose Holzman's empty clothes. I'm thinking this is a backwards Sister Act situation. Mm. That Sister Catherine Rose Holzman threw down a smoke bomb and then vanished. And then the FBI took her and put her in the witness protection program as a showgirl in Reno, Nevada. To escape the wrath of Katy Perry? Yes. Backwards Sister Act. Sister Act 3, Breaking the Habit. That nun is going to haunt the fuck out of Katy Perry. It remains unclear to me why exactly these nuns think Katy Perry is so sinful, considering the fact that Katy Perry started her career as a Christian gospel singer. Say what? That's right. One of her first hits, Katy Perry's first hits, was a song called You're So Gay about- Like in like a happy way? No. Okay. It was about like her ex-boyfriend who didn't like her enough, and so she was like, you know what? You're gay. (laughs) Yeah, not great. The first line is, I hope you hang yourself with your H&M scarf. (gasps) While jacking off listening to Mozart, you bitch and moan about L.A., wishing you were in the rain, reading Hemingway, you don't eat meat, you drive electric cars, you're so indie rock it's almost an art, you need SBF 45 just to stay alive. So, apparently... Vegetarians are gay. People who put on sunblock are gay. (laughs) People who drive Priuses are gay. People who listen to indie rock are gay. People who read 
literature are gay. People who shop at H&M are gay. Unfortunately, all of these things are true. (laughs) 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 But still, she just put us all on blast. (sighs) And then just did a 180 like a year later and decided she kissed a girl once and loved it. And then renounced Jesus. And that's why all of these nuns are mad at her. Another reason Katy Perry is in deep shit recently is a contestant on American Idol, of which she is now a judge, uh, I guess, because I'm not fucking watching that show. It's the year of our Lord 2018. I'm not watching American Idol. All right. (laughs) Know when something is dead. But Katy Perry is a judge now, and there was a contestant recently who's a 19-year-old guy who was like... I have never kissed anybody because I've never been in a relationship and I want to save myself for my first relationship. And Katy Perry was like, come over here and give me a kiss. And he kissed her on the cheek and then she was like, do it again. And then he went to kiss her on the cheek again and she turned her mouth and kissed him on the mouth. It was like a light peck, but still he like fell to the ground. (laughs) And then later in an interview with the New York Times, he was like, yeah, it was super uncomfortable. So Katy Perry deprived him of his mouth virginity. So let's recount. Started as a Christian gospel singer, made a terrible song about the homosexuals, turned to lesbianism, took a young man's mouth virginity on national television, and then murdered a nun in court, and or sent her to a life of fame and acclaim in Reno, Nevada. We'll, we'll never know. So the verdict is still out. I say Katy Perry is the worst. Sorry. Sorry, Katy. <laughs> You're welcome to come on the show <laughs> and rebut every claim laid out here. <sighs> also, she like... She's done a lot. Yeah. She's done a lot of garbage. A lot of appropriating. Danced around on stage around some picket fence. No thanks. No thanks. Oh, she's, she wore that blue hair that one time. Would you say some of these are uh, pet peeves of yours? Yes, they are. Uh, which leads us beautifully, thank you, Beryl, to our next topic, which is my pet peeves. Most of all, Katy Perry. <laughs> And now for our second deep dive, my pet peeves, which are just my pet peeves. First, people who say voila instead of voila. This is a pretentious one, (laughs) but it makes me so angry when people are like, and then voila, it was done. No, that's not the word. It's voila. (laughs) I was not expecting this to be the first one. (laughs) It probably shouldn't be, but that's what it is. Um, what else? Hotel bathrobes? Nope. No thanks. I know so many dicks and vaginas have touched that. They're always scratchy, too. I just don't know. Like, someone could easily wear it and then put it back in there, and they probably don't wash. Like, if it looks unworn, they're not going to wash it. So, no, I'm not going to wear your hotel robe unless I can keep it. You can. They charge you. Yeah, it's like $200 for an itchy robe. Yeah. I hate when someone tweets like one mild diss at a celebrity or like a restaurant and then 20 websites write a story that's like, this thing just got slammed on Twitter. Like Chrissy Teigen will tweet like, "Uh, I don't like Tostina's pizza rolls. 
And then, like, fucking every website will be like, Chrissy Teigen slams Tostina's pizza rolls. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. I'm so sick. I love Chrissy Teigen. I am so sick of every website writing an entire article about every, every single goddamn tweet. tweet. Every single one. Just let her fucking tweet about dropping chili on her baby. <laughs> Without... It being, like, an event. Next! When people constantly give attention to controversial people, I don't even want to say the names of the people that I'm thinking about. And I realize it makes it more confusing. <laughs> but there are there's so many, like, right-wing crazies who I would not have to know about if people wouldn't give them the attention. That's why we have Donald Trump as president. I could just... I'll get on my soapbox and explain the entire 2016 election to everybody. It's not Russia, okay? <laughs> it's not Facebook, okay? <laughs> it's because we give these these dumb people, like people quote, tweet, all of these crazies, and all you're doing is adding to their fame. All crazy people want is attention. And if you're giving them attention, they're getting what they want. Every time, like... Coulter tweets, it should just be a picture of Zac Efron's bare butthole. Spread joy. And cheeks. Moving on. Anybody who posts an Instagram story that's longer than, like, three pictures. It's too much. If I can, like, not discern how many things are in your story, because the little dashes are so small, because you've posted, like, 50 images, you've posted too much. You've posted too much. Next, people who say they're devastated by a celebrity's death. <laughs> I just, devastated is a strong word, okay? Devastated is what happens when, like, a hurricane ruins your village. Not your feelings when Stephen Hawking dies, <laughs> okay? There was a hot guy I follow on Instagram who was like, I'm devastated. And I was like, really? People who say, I have a question for you, and then wait for you to respond... Before asking the question, ask your goddamn question. It's okay? just a trap. It's a trap, and I hate it. I won't respond. I won't respond. If you ask me, can I ask you a question, that's it. That's the last thing you'll ever say to me. <laughs> People who text THX as thanks. What about THNX? No, it doesn't make sense. It's also, I'm pretty sure, is the production thing that would come up and make that horrible noise oh. in front of DVDs. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> THX is the thing that it was like Lucasfilm THX that would come up, but when you started playing a DVD, it would blow out your family speakers. <laughs> And rattle the windows and scare the dog. That's what THX is. Is that what you mean? Are you trying to destroy my home? Are you trying to devastate my home? <laughs> um, people who start wearing shorts when it's still like 45 degrees. I don't want to see your pale ass thighs unless they're around my neck. Uh, and finally, when people refer to their friends as buddy, my buddy. People in my family do that a lot. They were like, my buddy came over. <laughs> I just, I hate that. How old are you? <laughs> buddy is the name of like a sex doll. And those are my pet peeves. Katy Perry, take note. 
along with everyone else. And those are our deep dives. We'll be back with Quinta Brunson, who Millie rocks on every block after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Wink. I am very well read. I love books. And I love shoving the fact that I am on my 14th book this year in people's faces. <laughs> but even though I love reading, I would never join a book club for two reasons. One, going outside. And two, picking out wine for a bunch of people. My ideal club is one where I stay inside and I'm recommended wine that is delivered to my door. Well, lucky for me, that club exists, and you can join it too. Introducing Wink, the wine club and company. Wink's wine experts select wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, shipped right to your door, and starting at just $13 a bottle. And just like all cool clubs, there's no membership fee. You can skip any month without anyone guilting you, and you can cancel any time. And now, if you do have to go to some book club, you'll never have to stress about bringing a delicious bottle of wine. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com unhappy. You'll get 20 freaking dollars off your first shipment. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash unhappy for $20 off trywink.com slash unhappy. Cheers. Our guest complainer today is Quinta Brunson, who is, wait for it, a quintuple threat. Oh my God. (laughs) Comedian, writer, actress, producer, internet superstar. Am I the first person to say that? You actually are. That is so strange. Nice. I mean, people love to be like quintessential, (laughs) but no one's ever said that was really Quintuple threat. Well, welcome to Unhappy Hour, Quinta. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, We like to get the uh, complaining ball rolling Mm -hmm. uh, by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Yes. Disneyland is something that I cannot stand that everyone else seems to just be in love with. Yeah. See, I think this is the part where I would, like, someone in my Mm -hmm. position would gasp. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, see, I thought you might also hate (laughs) Disneyland. I did. Were you someone who went to Disneyland as a kid? I went to Disneyland once as a child, Uh and I was six. So I'm from Philadelphia. We're not close to uh, Disneyland. Right. You know, I'm around all these L.A. people, and they grew up with it. Right. Um, But I went when I was six. But even when I was six, I remember I felt the feeling of looking around and being like, (laughs) shit's whack. Like, I don't know. Can we go back to Universal Studios? I was so—I loved Universal. Right. But Disney World and Land— because I went to Florida to Disney World, right? That's where the world is. Right, and right. I just was over it. And I'm not a big Disney kid, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Didn't, I, I liked Mulan. And then someone ignorantly, no, they were right. I was ignorant. Someone very rudely told me that Mulan's not a princess. And I was like, well, fuck it then. Call the whole thing off. I don't like any of them. Okay, <laughs> fine. Canceled. Excuse me. Yeah, I think it's like so many people have gone there as children. Yeah. And then they're still like so emphatic about they it as adults because it. Oh it reminds them of their childhood. But I went for the first time when I was like 23. <laughs> and it's like the, all of the magic is just gone. It's just gone. You know what it is? Lines, overpriced food. Mm-hmm. 
rides that really don't have any umph. I like rides. And right, I, right. Pirates of the Caribbean to me is, why am I, you know, I just feel very, I don't have children either, so it's not fun to see them live in the magic. Right. I don't like Disney. Recently, one of my friends, Eugene, you know him, he just had his birthday there, and like he he was like, Quinta, I know you hate this, but you have to come. And I'm like, why would you have your birthday party at the place on earth I hate the most? <laughs> like, why? This is on you now. It, 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 exactly. And so, you know, he was upset with me. And I just, I was just like, I can't bear it. Yeah. I I, I think it's it. weird, a, a, to talk to the character, like the mm-hmm. princesses there, where they'll talk to you. And I'm like, we're both... We're both real people We're right real now. People. Let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a child. <laughs> you don't have to like pretend to be Santa Claus in front of me. Let's be real. Next time I go, I want to like when one of the princesses starts talking to me, I want to grab her hand and be like, "Hey, listen, listen. I know you were drunk last night. So was I. Neither of us wants to be here. Right. <laughs> just you're curse safe. for me one time. Just like swear. <laughs> just do something. I know you're upset about the state of the union, and I know your period's probably on. It's okay. Yeah. Just say that. I want to. Maybe I should go undercover and be Tiana, so I can like, <laughs> yeah. you know, start telling kids real facts. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. One day you'll die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do think there is also a lot of hidden messages that, like, I'm pretty sure Splash Mountain. I went on it once, and it's like the storyline is terrifying. The like, I'm pretty sure a rabbit like gets an abortion. That's one of my main issues. So when I went there as an adult, I've only been twice, and as an adult was one of them. And I was on a gummy. I had a, a weed gummy, and I wasn't doing too hot. But Splash Mountain was the climax to my breakdown <laughs> because they have a part at the end where there is a rabbit, and he's hanging. Yeah. Like, that's traumatic for a young black girl in America. The rabbit is hanging and there's fire and I just want it off. I turned to my friends. I was like, I have to get off the ride. I have to get, I started losing it. I was looking for a pool switch or something to stop it. <laughs> and after that, there's the drop. Right. So thank God. But I don't, I don't really like it there and yeah. everyone else loves it. And I think that everyone needs to grow up. Right. So. You know life as a as a star on the internet. Yes. What are what are some of the pitfalls of being an internet personality? I think one of the pitfalls is being called a YouTuber no matter what. Right. Because I think there's a difference between a YouTuber and then someone who makes content right. for the internet. And while there are people who are YouTubers and self-identify as YouTubers, <laughs> that that is not what I am. And mm-hmm. so that's one of those words for me where I'm like, I don't like to hear that. But then people from traditional consider every person who has ever you know, done, done anything on the internet. A YouTuber. And that's yeah. really frustrating. I think another pitfall is just like, trying to figure out what your version of famous is. Mm -hmm. Because there's also that thing where people know you, but they don't want to admit that you're famous because you're on the internet. Right. And and in reality, I feel like you know this too. Like you, more people know about you than maybe the lead character on NCIS, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't want to admit that. And so it's weird because not only does it create a relationship, a weird relationship between you and your audience, but when it comes to talking about money, too, it's mm-hmm. like you kind of know your impact is is grand. Right. Yet people who don't have as much reach but are on TV or were in a movie are getting paid more than you for not as much work even. Right. You know? So that's a strange part. Um, another weird part is, speaking of Disneyland, the one time I did go. <laughs> it all I comes really, back. It all comes back because people will— all of a sudden, they lose it. They they think you're one of the characters. Yeah. They think you're one. So they they you know, 
they line up, they take pictures, and it's like, this is not what, (laughs) you know, it's like, this is not okay. It's not fine. So there's that weird thing of um, what kind of famous, and people can't see this, but I'm using, like, quotation marks. You know, I know what I am. I know I'm a weird version of famous. But that's a weird space that I think we occupy. I don't know. Do you relate to that? Yeah. Well, it reminded me... (laughs) Sometimes it's just like people see you on the internet and uh, and uh, make assumptions about who, like who you are. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some, like a weird type of celebrity culture that has mm-hmm. existed for so long. Yes, yeah. Where it's like just equating seeing someone mm-hmm. on a screen. It means yeah. like that person has certain things, right? And and then being like that. Yeah. That, no, that is famous and then there's just like you who had a very successful show and it was on everyone's dashboard but i think the language of what fame is and isn't is really interesting and it's fine no one's complaining like we're going right. through it we're going i think we're caught up in this weird um media change right we're we're in the middle of a huge huge media shift or whatever so i don't expect anyone to know any better than i do myself right right it's that's a strange part Talk me through your worst moment on stage or worst moment, worst show, worst moment interacting with an audience. My worst show was recent where I had to host. I I was hosting a show at UCB Sunset, and the show itself was great. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was called Wrong For You, and we have—I had comics go up who got to be wrong for the audience. So everything the audience is, you know, afraid of being wrong about, they can yell it out and— I took it upon myself to do this bit in the middle of bringing comics up. The comics killed it. But I don't like hosting because it makes me very vulnerable. Right. And you have to be responsible for keeping the audience's energy level up. It, it bothers me. And, like, my stand-up is, is pretty much routine. I have right. jokes that I've written. But when you're hosting, you're out there on the fly. And, uh, you know, things can go left real quick. <laughs> so I had been drinking, and I just hate hosting. It makes me feel so vulnerable and open. And someone yelled out, I was like, tell me something you want me to be wrong about. And, I, and someone yelled out, fetishes. And I was like, fetishes, yeah. Hey, I like to get my boobs sucked. And then everyone's just like silent. And I was like, ah, damn it. You went there. <laughs> too dark, too dark. And then you never think to stop. You're like, let me keep going. <laughs> right, right. You know? So I just go on a rant about uh, getting boobs sucked. And I think that that was probably my worst moment hosting. <laughs> Besides that, stand-up's always pretty, like, it's always pretty good. I don't yeah. really bomb too, you know, right, too often. Right. Stand-up feels good. I go up there and say jokes, but hosting's a terrible experience. Yeah. Really. People who can do it, I mean, amazing. Yeah. I saw you worked with children um, on some episodes or at least an episode yes, of uh, Quinta yes. vs. Everything, yes, right? Yes, yes. What is a moment that a child has ruined for you? <laughs> um, I don't like when kids are running around and they're <laughs> not supposed to be. Yeah. So at restaurants recently, I was on a, a date, a double date. My boyfriend and, um, you know, our friends were on a date and— there were kids just running around in this restaurant and so much so that the waitress couldn't even get through. Uh, she couldn't like she she couldn't even get past these children. She's stressed out. She's a waitress at a busy restaurant on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need this. So that bothers me because it, there are levels. There's parents not parenting, uh, thinking their children are God's gifts to the earth. And right. Yeah, sure they are. But so are everybody else's kids. Like your kids aren't <laughs> special. Move them out of the aisle. Right. So I saw the lack of parenting. I see my frustrated girl right here, the waitress. So I make eyes with one of the kids, one little girl. I caught eyes with her and I was like, sit down. <laughs> and she was like, and I was like, sit 
down. So then she and her, like, little child friend, there were, like, four of them, four little girls. They they walked away. Then they came back. They came to our table and apologized to us. And that was so nice, you know? I don't yeah. know if her parents sent her over there or what, but they were only, like, five or something. And her and her friend came over there and was like, we're sorry. And I was like, better head. But <laughs> you should be thinking about this for the rest should, of the day. You should, but it shouldn't be up to me to, like, Discipline. I don't like when children run up and down escalators. I might be having a great night at the Cheesecake Factory, but then when I'm leaving, a child is running up and down <laughs> the escalator. It ruins the whole night. It does, though, because I don't like it. Because if they fall and I see it, I have to see little Timmy bust his head open <laughs> on an escalator, and then the shoelace gets caught, and then his foot gets eaten by the escalator. Yeah. And those are the articles you read about, but you never expect to be there for. And that's right. what that's setting me up for. Right. So I don't like it. Yeah, you don't want to have to throw up a delicious meal that you purchased at the Cheesecake Factory. At the Cheesecake Factory. If you could ban children from any establishment. Restaurants. Restaurants. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. I like. I don't like children being at anywhere where, like, if I fall down, like, I might kill them. Okay. Okay. Because that is a concern for me. I'm a large person. How like, often is that? Um, are you in those... Is that just any circumstance yeah, like when you're around Once or twice a day, I feel like I go to, like, a daycare and then it, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> once, once or twice a day, you go to a daycare? Right, I just stop by. Sometimes okay. they're, like, handing out crackers and juice. And I'm like, you know, I fall down and yeah. someone you gets killed and then it's, like, a thing. Um, <laughs> let's say you're at a party. Okay. What is the worst thing someone could come up to you and talk to you about? <laughs> like... This hasn't happened to me, but it happened to a friend of mine uh, and a a drunk girl of the Caucasian persuasion came up to her and just started being like, what am I supposed to do as a white feminist? And I was like, and I, I, it was, I was a, um, what do you call it? I was a casualty. I was a bystander. Right. I was an innocent uh, party who got caught up in the crossfire. But that was terrible. Yeah. It was awful. It was awful to watch. If you're just trying to enjoy yourself at a party. And it and the girl was trying to do the right thing, but you're at a party. Chances are you probably don't want to talk about the intricacies of feminism in America at a Halloween party. You know what I mean? Right. You're you're in a costume. You don't want to. That's not really the subject matter. So to me, that's one of the worst things I think someone could come up to me and talk about. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's not what I want to discuss at a party. Right. You know. Yeah. But at the times we live in, we live in have made me stop going to parties. Right, there are no parties There's anymore. no parties. I play Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. You do your best to just live. Yeah, I do. And get I don't by. avoid those spaces. <laughs> Honestly, it makes sense. Right? I don't think anybody blames you. Thanks. I'm not mad at anyone who needs to talk about it, but... Uh, right. You know, whatever. Let's uh, end on uh, a game, I guess, that... Why don't we try calling it something different this time? Okay. We'll test it on you. Okay. Um, this is a game I like to call Fucked or So Fucked, Ooh. where we have a list of topics. I'll randomi- randomly pick one, okay. and then you tell me if it's fucked or so fucked. Okay. Both of them are bad. Okay. Thought so. Um, one is just worse. Okay. Cakes that look like other Why would food. you do this? <laughs> <laughs> I want to... Oh, my God. The rage that just built up in me. That was one. That was one tweet of mine. I think we might have we 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 combed through some of your tweets. You did. For this. That's really good because that was one that sent me into a spiral. Because with my efforts to try to be positive all the time, tweeting that made me feel bad. I was like, I didn't stick to my own, uh, you know, set of of what do you call it? My convictions. But I had to say it. 
I, oh man, it truly, I am, fr- they can't see, I'm holding my <laughs> neck out of front. I hate it so much. It makes my jaw lock up. I really don't like it. I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm hot. I'm like, <laughs> writing a, oh my God. This I is like, so there much. have been, I've I'm seen uh, cakes that are, are made to look like deep dish pizza. Can you please? Uh, <laughs> there was a cake. <laughs> you are like physically I hate affected. Them right now. So much. I don't think anyone gets it. Everyone thinks it's funny. I'm gonna cry. I hate them so much. I'm gonna break It gives you a physical yeah. reaction. It really does. I feel like I'm breaking out in hives. Oh, I hate them so much. <laughs> there are tears in your eyes. I'm so, <laughs> so so fucked. I think we can agree. Oh god. Um, okay, let's move on. I don't want you to, to leave here oh, in a too emotional so of a state. I did see a cake that uh, was actually cut into it, and it was fruit. Can you please? It that doesn't bother me as fruit much. Fruit disguised as cake. That doesn't bother. That doesn't bother me as much. It's when <laughs> I can't even talk about them. I hate them so much. You would have thought one assaulted me on a train yeah. or something. I don't know why, but I hate them so much. Everyone, I think everyone has little OCD things. I, I knew a person that didn't like when on the train bubbles formed in the, uh, oh God, the, the windows or whatever. Like that would send them into a spiral. This is the thing for me that really. <laughs> ooh, I, I feel end. like I, oh, I am, yeah, like brought up a really dark. I don't know what it is. Now I want to see a psychologist because I'm so <laughs> sad. I'm more so, I'm not mad at you. I just like can't believe how this makes me feel. It makes yeah. me feel so terrible. Well, now I'm we know. We it. know to avoid the <laughs> subject at all costs. Is there any one uh, food that you would... Can you... That is, no. <laughs> okay. Moving on. No. Um, seeing people miss the bus. Oh, wow. It's just a sad thing. You yeah. Know, it's It's... There are levels, it, but it is so fucked because, man, that it seems funny, but it's not. That person's whole day is ruined. Yeah. If they were running for the bus in the first place, they had to be somewhere at a certain time. If they don't get there on time, maybe their boss fires them. Maybe they can't feed their family of four because, you know, of that. So to me, it's just this vicious cycle that just starts from missing the bus. And it's even worse when, like, the bus driver, you when they could stop, I know you have to stay on your schedule. right. But you could have you could have just opened the door and let yeah. them fly on really quickly. But those bus drivers are like, nope, got a schedule. <laughs> Take it easy, Roy, and let the person on the bus. You know what I mean? Right. Because those five minutes can make like a huge difference for people. Yeah. So it's a similar thing as like TSA agents, yeah. where it's like uh, like Napoleon. Like Ugh. suddenly you are a dictator. It's ridiculous because you're in a position to open or close a door. <laughs> And, yeah. That power can be too much for people. Right, And that's what right. I see with those people who miss the bus. It's, like, it's sad. Um, Lyft drivers who don't care whether you live or die. Oh, yeah. That's rough. That yeah. That is rough. Um, so, you, yeah, this is crazy. The tweet pull-up. This is wild. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that feeling of, like, is this where I go today? Yeah. In the back of a, a Lyft with my driver who speaks little to no English, so I can't even have a conversation about, like, <laughs> life before this right. happens. And, yeah, it's, like, really rough. Um, it sh- shouldn't be a lot. I think they should do a little bit more screening about right, right. what's going on. And I think, you know, citizens have to do their part and mm-hmm. make sure we give feedback. But I've been in quite a few lifts out here where it's like, you know, it's not just you in a car, right? Like, it's, I'm back I'm back here. <laughs> yeah. Do what you want when you're by yourself. Yeah. Cut through four lanes of traffic, but I'm back here, you know? Yeah. And 
you don't even want this headline, so please drive safely <laughs> while I'm back here. But yeah, that's a real hurt piece. Also, I think that Lyft should have a silent button. Oh, you know how yes. on the train there's the silent car? Yeah. There should be that for Lyft. Right. Because you just never you never know what someone's going through, and sometimes you don't want to chitter-chatter. And no matter what, you feel like a huge asshole when you're like, hey, I don't really want to talk right now. Yeah. There's no way to say that and not feel like an asshole. Right, so, right. I think a silent button would be you call your Lyft, and you're like, you know what? I'd like a silent Lyft today. Yeah. It is amazing. I take I live in New York, and I feel like I take a lot of taxis, and uh-huh. you're, like, putting your life in someone's hands. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> when you think about it. And it's actually insane. Yeah. It's like, you're a complete stranger to me, but I'm trusting you with my life. To drive me? to yeah. It's wild, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Driving in L.A., to me, is worse than driving in New York. At yeah. least New York is, you know— it's mostly, uh, you know, British. You have right. street. L.A. is really all over the place. And so when they drive crazy, you're. it could be the difference in you getting hit and you flipping off the side of a, of, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. There's too many hills it's too for many you hills. to be fucking around. Last time a driver was driving crazy, I was on the way to Malibu. And, I mean, if something goes wrong, you were in the ocean. And so that's why it's like it's a little rough to yeah. imagine. Uh, I'll end on this one because I want to know. Um, you apparently have a problem with D2, the Mighty Ducks sequel. <laughs> what was my tweet? Y'all might hate me for this, I was but drunk. D2, the Mighty Ducks is a poorly put together movie. Yeah, it was. I watched it. It's just poor. It's just poorly put together. I should note this tweet was sent at 3.52 a.m. Yeah, I was drunk. I was so drunk. I was drunk. And then I started live tweeting the whole thing like right. it was a new movie that came out. But uh, I love it. And people who, and we don't like to acknowledge that sometimes the things we love are bad. Yeah. You know, it goes for movies, people, whatever. It's it's something we have to get over. But I was watching the movie and I was like, no, I need to say this. This movie is not well-written, well-done. It's not even well acted. We loved it because it was D2, The Mighty Ducks. We all love D1. And so we were going to see it. It had our faves. We just wanted to see what Charlie was up to and what new adventures they were going next. But it wasn't a well put together movie. And I just thought that was important to say, especially with everyone being so nostalgic about everything. Like, oh, the 90s were the best. Were they, though? Like, stuff sucked a lot. Yeah. And we loved it, but stuff sucked. And that's okay. Things can suck. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey. That fucking sucked. And I don't have a problem with it. I I love the movie still. Another example of this, and this is a shame because this is the third podcast I've talked about this movie on, but the movie Daddy's Home, I, like, love, but it has a lot wrong with it. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything. Like everything. But, you know, I do, like, love it, you know, but it, it has so much wrong with it, and that's okay. Right. It's imperfect. That's one of those movies you watch on an airplane, and it's like, I'll allow it up here. And that's what happened. I saw it on an airplane. And, you know, when you're on an airplane, you can really take those movies and be like, this is genius. As soon as you land, (laughs) you're like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. It's the elevation. It's the elevation and the Bloody Mary, and you're just like, oh, I love this. But, yeah, you can love something, and it can be bad. And so that's what I wanted people to know with D2. I think that's a good lesson to apply to the world. Yeah. Um, and a great note to end on. That's wonderful. This was a great event sesh. <laughs> Before we go, where can people find you and your work? Yes, they can find me um, on, what am I trying to say? <laughs> what, what, I'm blinking. Uh, my, I am on the internet. My Twitter is Quinta Brunson. Mm-hmm. I might be deleting it soon, so I don't know. There's okay. a chance. Um, there, my Instagram is Quinta B. 
my Facebook page is Quinta B. And so you can find me on those those uh, mediums. Also, I will be starting a website soon. Since I'm going to delete my Twitter, I want a place for work I've done right. there to be held. Um, yeah. Well, have fun in the beyond. Thank you. You'll be uh, better off than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right, well, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that makes all the bad stuff go down easier. It's the stuff that gets us through all the bad shit. Barry, do you have a chaser? My chaser this week is that the Americans' final season is here. And I'm so excited, although I'm also very nervous because I've only watched the show in a bingeable format. And the idea of not being able to immediately know what happens next might kill me. Yeah. I heard it's supposed to be really good this season. I'm so excited. They I watched really the trailer. Amp it up. Matt, what about you? What's your chaser? My chaser this week is for a movie that I saw in theaters. What? Called Love Simon. You oh, might have seen it. Yeah. I went and saw it. It's a gay rom com. It's the like first major studio wide release, theatrical release, gay movie. Which I love. I when I grew up, I had to fucking watch. You had to go through like submenu through submenu on Netflix to get to the gay and lesbian movies that were always terrible, low budget movies starring like washed up American Idol rejects. <laughs> True story. <laughs> To get sentimental for a moment, I wasn't like sobbing in the theater, although there were like tearful moments. But I think I take for granted now living in, I live in New York, aka the People's Republic of Cynthia Nixon. (laughs) So I forget how important it is to actually have a movie like that for kids who like aren't exposed to the amount of gay shit that I am exposed to every day. Like, I I am fortunate to be able to surround myself with gay stuff all the time. But, like, that's not everybody's normal. And so it is nice to have a movie that kids who don't have that can, like, be exposed to that. Most importantly, the director of Love, Simon, Greg Berlanti, is married to one of my Instagram crushes. Who? Robbie Rogers, who was, like, the first major league athlete to come out, a soccer player, and he's hot. And he tweeted at me once. And the director is a producer of Riverdale, so I worship him. I don't care about that. Anyway, those are our chasers. Go see Love, Simon. It's always important to support movies like this. And that's it. And that's it. Thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever else you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us, review us, leave us a glowing review. Not a shitty one because I'll find you and I will kill you. No, no, he won't. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Gwynn, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Max Winsky, Maddie Spronkheiser, Jess Hackle, Mark and Julian at the Invisible Studios, and this week's sponsor, Wink. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Bellisai. That's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye.